You are listening. You are listening. You are listening to. Do not to not elsewhere. Not elsewhere. 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 Classified. Welcome to Not Elsewhere Classified, a podcast about the medical coding, health information technology, and clinical documentation improvement community. I'm your host, Brian Kui. Hello, everybody. Welcome to part two of episode number 23 with Brian Murphy. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, I highly suggest you listen to part one of episode number 23. To find that episode, of course, you got to go to medicalcodinggeek.com slash podcast and look for episode number 23, where I also embed both parts of the series in the page. So in this episode, we continue our conversation. Uh, We talk about ACDIS radio. We talk about the current state of clinical documentation improvement, including my favorite topic, uh, HIM professionals in CDI. We talk about remote work in CDI, and we also talk about technology possibly taking over clinical documentation improvement. But before we begin, I want to make sure that you guys know about our sponsors, uh, check out our sponsors by going to medicalcodinggeek.com slash promos. Uh, check out their special pricing. It does definitely help out with the podcast. So without further ado, here is our continuation of my conversation with Brian Murphy. Enjoy. Yeah, and you, you, you do one yourself. You, you have. I mean, I was going to go into it, but you have ACDIS radio. So I guess for the audience, yep. um, and you've been doing it longer than I have, though. So kind of explain the product. Well, how did you get to creating ACDIS radio, and um, kind of explain what it's all about? Yeah. Well, I'm a I'm a podcast fan myself, so I'm oh nice. When I'm not when I'm not doing CDI stuff, I listen to uh, a lot of podcasts on my own. You know, to and from work on the weekends when I'm when I'm cutting the grass, put, I put on my yeah. you know, my iPhone, and yeah. put the headset on. Uh-huh. And, you know, I I like uh, I like a lot of personal development and business development type programs. You know, as a James Altucher show, I listen to. Uh, there's a great program called the Jocko Podcast. There's a there's a Navy SEAL, uh, Jocko Willink, who ex Navy SEAL. He's now into business consulting, but he's he's applied his lessons from being in special forces to to the business life. Very disciplined individual. Um, is you know there there are others, uh, but you know I, I I had a natural interest in these. I used to listen to a lot of music. I got tired of it. Tired of commercial radio and and podcast open up a whole new world and and I wanted to do something similar for for Actus. You know, I thought this is this is cool. I I'd like to give podcasting hosting uh, an opportunity. <laughs> Why not? Actus Radio actually started out not as a podcast. It was not a, not you know in that you couldn't go onto iTunes or whatever to download and listen to it. It was more or less an online free but uh, uh, program, so you just you had to go to our website and sign up for it. And, that, and you can still do that. We've actually made it now in the last six or so months a full-blown podcast. So nice. now available for anyone to listen to. Yeah, that, yeah. I think I, to, I told you about that, that, I think, when we first talked. I said, yeah, yeah you, could do, you could put it on iTunes. You could put it on, like, if yep. you put it on one you platform, you could spread it out like wildfire. Like right now I have it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitch, Stitcher, tuned in. And I just found out that I'm on Spotify. So uh, if you can spread it out, <laughs> like, yeah, I just found out. Like, I think it's because I utilize um, whatever platform that I use. It's Libsyn. And then because it's a paid service, but I use Libsyn and it just automatically fed me to Spotify. And I was like, right before I started this season, I said, I have to make it a, a one of my things that I have to do to put myself on Spotify. So I popped up Spotify. I said, let me let me try because on Libsyn, it showed me that I was linked to Spotify. And lo and behold, when I searched not also reclassified, it was there. And that's why I posted. I'm like, hooray. I don't There's one less thing I have to do. But, yeah, you could do the same thing with, right. with Actus Radio. Yeah, so now it's it's evolved into a, a full uh, full podcast. But uh, you know, Actus Radio is an every other week 
30-minute program. It's it's free. Um, you can go on and register for it. There's, there's no charge and listen. Uh, the reason why I really started was, you know, just attending our conferences and hearing from our various boards and committees. I, I quickly realized that there was a lot of great stories to be told in CDI that that, that, that were not being told. Um, tons of amazing personalities. We've, we've talked about a few of them on today's program. Uh, Dr. Lamhoko, yourself, others uh, that, you know, foreign medical graduates coming into the field. Um, many of them that have, you know, trained overseas and have all this great clinical background, but for what, but for various reasons, you know, we're not able to become licensed physicians in the United States and have discovered CDI as an amazing career opportunity for them. Um, their, their numbers are growing and they're, they're, they're just really interesting stories. I said, how could I, how can I bring this to a broader audience? How can we get their stories out? Um, other members would want to hear these and Actus Radio was sort of the conduit for that. It's, it's a great way for me to get a guest on. That's, that's the format of the show. I'm the, I'm the host. I have a co-host and we, we bring on a guest, um, to talk about their experiences and share a best practice or maybe, you know, it's sometimes they're topic driven. You know, we might have a physician on to talk, you know, pathology, uh, pathophys or like sepsis or, right. you know, respiratory failure. Sometimes we'll I think the most recent one you had was uh, acute myocardial infarction, right? With uh, Dr. Kennedy. Yes. Yeah. Dr. Kennedy talked about the, the new fourth uh, universal definition of, uh, of MI. Uh, we've had so those are popular shows, but sometimes our shows are you know I've I've had uh, like to get back to HIM and coding. I had Glorianne Bryant on. Glorianne is for many that are aware of you know HEMA and the HIM industry and, and CDI. She was one of our founding board members at Actus. Um, she recently retired, and so I had her on just to talk, reflect on her career. Um, in, in HIM, like 35 plus years, leading some of the, the nation's large, largest hospital systems and being uh, an amazing vocal advocate and helping to get ICD-10 passed finally and adopted by the United States. She was one of the, the, the leading voices in that. And so it's it's just, it's Actus Radio is a fun way for me to get interesting people in front of a a bigger audience, probably not unlike what you're doing, Brian, with your, it's, it's very similar. Uh, and I, it's actually one of the favorite parts of my job. I really love, uh, hosting the show and talking to folks. And I get a lot of positive feedback from folks during the show. I use a platform that allows people to message me during the program. It's not like I'm pipe piping their voices through on the sh show, but I get a little chat box and I can see their comments and questions coming in, and it's quite gratifying to see that they're so engaged in the program and are taking a lot from it and learning from it. And so we're we're going strong. We're over. We've got over a hundred episodes of Actus Radio wow. up and available. Yeah. So. Yeah, you've been I doing it I'm quite. Be for... You on an upcoming show, if I'm if I'm correct. Yeah, I think you said November. <laughs> yeah, some sometime soon. Yeah, I'll, I'll look forward to it. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I think one of the things in 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 hosting that's fun is is being there to listen it's like um there, there's there's a picture i got i know there was like a video there's a video of um of two boxers right going at it but if you look at the referee yep. the referee has this face like he's like sitting right standing right there in the action seeing the punches being blown and you can see his facial expressions at every blow like ooh ah yeah oh and it's the same it's, it's, you, you should see it it's it's ridiculous it's funny but that's the same thing what how i would if somebody had to describe to me what hosting a podcast uh doing just just being the person there to allow somebody to share uh i think cuz i'm listening it to a live nobody else is listening to it i have the cur I have the I have the privilege of listening it right off from the person's mouth. And to me, that's like so gratifying compared to listening it as a podcast. I, I, I don't like listening to my podcast afterwards. Once, once I hear it, I'm done. And I usually edit it and then I'm done. Afterwards, I just listen to see at the end if everything is fine. But yeah, there's, there's such a gratifying, I guess, um, uh, feeling 
when you can host oh, yeah. something, get again the same concept again, putting people together, having them talk, and then making sure they're on course to uh, meeting the objectives, answering the topics, and and all of the questions. Oh yeah, you know I've, I've had uh, I had a guest on who was the, the lone CDI in a I can't remember the bed size. I think it was a. 80 bed or maybe it was even a 45 bed wow uh, criti- <laughs> critical access hospital uh-huh. you know i, I like like how, what what is her work day like what 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 is she reviewing you know what 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 is what is it like being the only cdi in the entire building and not having someone to peer-to-peer chat with and you know what like what does her daily census look like what's the patient mix look like i that that to me was fascinating and it was the opportunity for her who who, who she was hey I, I give her credit for agreeing to come on the show she you know normally would normally have that opportunity but you know actus radio grants that opportunity for folks that don't normally get a chance to to talk about their their job and their career and 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 it was beneficial because there are other folks in critical access hospitals and or maybe organizations that have CAHs and they're and they're debating on you know is it worth expanding my CDI reach to our to our critical access facilities this this particular person was able to give some great insight on what she's been able to do and and how she's able to um, you know strengthen the medical records there and I was honored honored to do it. So that's yeah, that's one of the things that podcasting and hosting does. You're 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 talking to interesting folks and, and learning. I learn as much from them as as I think they do from from being on the show. So um, it's just it's just very gratifying yeah. to, to have that opportunity. I think when I think and and I had this conversation yesterday with my previous guest. It's it's like you could take ordinary people. And make and make their story interesting, even though they think it's not interesting, <laughs> you know. Uh, and right. and I was telling, I was, you know, I always when I first started the podcast, I threw out, "Hey, you want to be a guest? I I don't care, be a guest." Nobody responds, right? But unless you go to the person that you think is intriguing, and you tell the person, "Hey, I think you're interesting." I think that's the key word. I think you're interesting. I want to hear what your life your career your journey is all about you could see their light their eyes like you know like sparkle and i think that's how people should be like if you're really interested in something that they're doing like yourself i i am mean, i was like oh my gosh brian murphy <laughs> you know you could look a little bit of guga and i i went to you i'm like this guy is just like any other guy you know just like any other brian off you know out there in the world um but yeah but if you tell the yeah. person that you're interesting. I want to hear more about you. You could automatically make connections like really fast, really fast. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. You, you, um, you just need to make the ask again. It's not like we've mentioned before where someone asked me to, to lead this organization. It's, you know, even the small asks, asking someone if they'd like to be on a show to share their story, you know, put them at ease. It's really just a conversation. Um, and people are surprised. They would be surprised, you know. I, I think when you're, I think when you're in the day to day, Brian, and you're working every day, and uh, it becomes manic, you may you may forget just how important your job is, and or how much you have to add, and how much you can teach other people, and how much other people will be interested to hear from you. But but it's true. I mean, it, you you don't always see it because you're immersed in it every day, and it becomes second nature. And maybe you get a little. I don't know, a little jaded, um, but you've, everybody has a story to tell. Everybody has, an, has um, you know, an interesting life and in how they got to where they did. And like me, the paths can take unexpected directions, and it's just a matter of do you want to follow that? What, what if, if an opportunity is presented, are you going to take it or, or not? Um, and that can make all the difference. Next question is uh, the status of like I guess everybody wants to know according to you I know like you've you've done a lot um, uh, with Actus but like people want to hear your your thoughts right what I guess the question is what is like the what do you think is the current state of CDI and then what do you think 
it is going. It kind of leads to our last question, but I might as well ask it now. What is the current state of CDI in your eyes, and where do you think mm-hmm. it it's going to lead to, or where it's going to go? Right. Well, I think I think CDI is um, in an interesting place in history right now. I think it has gained a lot of deserved. Uh, attention, and I think a lot of hospital administrators have finally seen the value we can bring. You know, when we first started 12 years ago or so, it was barely, it was not even close to a household name. In fact, if you, half the folks in hospitals that may have had a CDI apartment would not even known that it existed, or at least by that name. It was an unknown profession. It has really blossomed and exploded. It has caught the attention of um, hospital administrators and CFOs who have seen, you know, sort of the return on investment that it can bring. Um, I think, however, Brian, I think, you know, a lot of the current processes processes have in some degree peaked, you know, uh, case there's, there's a lot of discussion on the internet um, and on LinkedIn and other places about uh, what CDI should be and what what its mission should be, and one of the I think one of the uh, benefits of CDI obviously is is and it will always be the the financial piece, um, the, the the increase in, in CMI or case mix index that folks can realize from a well functioning CDI program, and to be 100% honest, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, CMS has even said in I think it was the 2007 or 8, I think it was the 2008 uh, inpatient IPPS proposed rule, the final rule, that there is nothing wrong with taking advantage of opportunities to, and they even said like optimize or maximize reimbursement uh, in the record when, when warranted. You know, if you, this is, this is the system that CMS has set up for us. It's to capture all of the patient's conditions to show how severely ill they are, and that should translate into appropriate reimbursement. There's nothing wrong with that model. Um, but I think what we're seeing now, Brian, is that the uh, some programs have kind of maximized that. They've they've flattened the curve. Uh, you you know you you can only a patient is only as sick as they are in real life. So uh, it, you know you 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 can only move the needle so far on CMI. Um, and we're also seeing now a shift in the way the hospital reimburses, uh, the, the way that CMS reimburses hospitals. You know, it's not just uh, the the individual um, encounter anymore. It's, it's not just fee for service. We're we're moving towards um, pay for performance, and we've seen a lot of new programs that have emerged from it. Um, you know, hospital value-based purchasing program, the, the readmissions reduction program, where hospitals are now being having bonuses and or penalties applied um, to the quality of the care they provide. And and so CDI has, is now has a new challenge to rise to these new programs. And, um, you know, none of the ones bundled payments, hospitals being paid on an entire episode of care, uh, which can go 60, 90 days or even, or even further, you know, for these patients that might have joint replacements. And how, where does the CDI fit in that space? How can they ensure documentation across an entire episode of care, uh, from the acute care to the, the post-acute to the follow-up, you know, in order to get that, that uh, patient through and in order to, uh, you know, meet all of the, um, the cohorts in that bundle, you have to have the appropriate documentation, but it's 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 for CDI to move out of this traditional model of just focusing on diagnosis capture. I think it's a great thing for the industry, um, you know. And I think also, you know, we talked earlier about outpatient CDI. I think that is a, a new opportunity for folks. You know, we're, we're I think I, I saw a statistic the other day, Brian, where that said that um, you know the, the explosive growth of Medicare Advantage, I, I want to say it's up to like 38% of, of, uh, of the population is enrolled in, in some type of Medicare Advantage program. This is, this is growing tremendously, but it's, it's paying based on the patient's risk score and, uh, and the HCC, and it's, 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 that's a lot different than DRGs. I think CDIs need to 
become um, comfortable with changing their old patterns, with with be willing to learn new things and keep up with the changes in the profession and keep up with um, you know these these new developments and be be willing to be lifelong learners. It's kind of a cliche, but you really have to to do that in order to adapt to these new payment models. You have to be willing to move out of your comfort zone and, and, you know, be willing to work with other departments, be willing to learn new payment methodologies, be willing to keep on top of the, the, the new changes in, in regulations that CMS is putting out and, and adapt your program accordingly. So I, I do think the, the old way, um, you know, the, making sure the DRG is correct, making sure all the comorbidities are captured still exists. It's still there, but I, I believe that model has flattened out. I believe there are, the opportunities are now elsewhere and and it's incumbent on us as actus to help our members navigate and learn about these things and, and, and put workable models forth in these spaces. Um, but it's also up to the individuals working as CDIs to be willing to learn about them, be willing to, you know, go to their hospital administrators and say, hey, look, this is how we've been operating, but here's where we need to be. And here's the type of here's the type of staff that I need to get us growing in this area. You know, here are the metrics I'm going to be showing you to show that we're that we're producing in this area, that we're that we're, you know, have that return on investment. Um, but be willing to, you know, make that change. I think that's 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 a critical part of where we need to be growing as a as a as a as a discipline and as an, and as an association. Nice. One of the things that I, I noticed um, in working in CDI, of course, you know, placing the queries, et cetera, physician education, it, it's the manpower. <laughs> I think there's, there's not enough manpower to do the job efficiently. Like there are times where like, you know, it feels like we're from what I, from what I've sensed in CDI is it's become more of like, before educating physicians, reviewing charts. Now it becomes more, I'm feeling, I felt it, where it's been transitioning now as like a production role, somewhat similar as a coder. And and I think that's where CDI should not be necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, all you got to do is review charts, place a query, review charts, place a query. There's no, like, it, it becomes more quantitative versus qualitative. And if you ask right. me, like, what if if I had to say something to CDI directors now is like, focus on the quality, get back into quality. I think what happens is that people fall into the metrics a bit, and then the metrics, of course, rely on right. qu- quantity, and people fall onto the quantity. Like, so if people get penalized, I don't know if penalized, but like corrected on on certain things that they've done in a certain case, you could see like their focus shift back into going into more. We need more. We need more. But if that's the case, then I think the issue really is is not doing more. Is do you have enough? Do you have enough people? So like if people were trying yeah. to go to their administrators, I think they would need more staff, which then comes down to like you know hiring more staff or hiring more qualified staff. That's that's how I see it now. Like I think it's switching to like okay, more robot production. You know, you got to complete the chart, do a certain amount of new cases, do a certain amount of follow-up cases, place a certain amount of queries. Yeah. It feels robotic after a couple of years. I know. And, you know, it's a great point, Brian. We, we get asked it all the time. Mm. Uh, how many charts should my CDI yeah. be reviewing? <laughs> yeah. And, we, and we've, we've done the survey. We've done national surveys. We have shown that your average, again, I don't want list folks, listeners thinking they need to be average or they should fit into these ranges. But, you know, we have like 17 to 24 charts a day is probably what a CDI might typically review. But um, and it's, it's important to have some type of baseline. If if someone is only going to be a chart reviewer, you know, you, you certainly don't want that person. Let's say they're working remotely, which has now become a new uh, window and a new opportunity for CDI professionals when well, we could even talk about it a little bit, but you certainly wouldn't want that person working remotely to look at charts a day. And that's, and that's all they're doing. Um, you know, but on the other hand, I agree with you. I think it's limiting to look at CDI professionals as um, cogs in a machine or just as, um, you know, some, some type of advanced level 
coding because, you know, if, if you think about it, all right, let's say you're a super efficient CDI specialist and you can review, let's say, 30 charts a day or 35 charts a day and make an impact on all those cases. That's that's pretty remarkable. But if you if you then what if that same CDI professional instead got themselves into, you know, the, a medical staff meeting where they taught a hundred cardiologists about this, the fourth universe de- definition of MI and got them to document to a greater degree of specificity. Think of the impact that one CDI professional could have. It's, it's night and day, you know, even, even with, even balanced against um, multiple chart reviews, you know, in, in my opinion, yes, the chart review is part of the CDI job, but education, particularly with the medical staff, is is critical, and you can have a much greater impact and a much greater reach. And and I also think it's it's more rewarding. You know, I mean, not everyone is going to be a stellar educator, but I think everyone can learn to at least be. Um, a competent educator and to be able to have a conversation with, with the physician, either one-on-one or maybe in front of a, you know, in front of a medical staff meeting or while rounding, you know, working with the physician on the floor. I, I, those, those have a ripple effect and and can have a much greater impact um, than just the chart review. So we actually recommend that folks have said, well, can act as, establish a national standard for CDI chart review? And my answer was no. Um, we, we don't believe in it. The advisory board doesn't believe in it because you're, you're, you're putting up limitations on the profession. And also you're, you're comparing apples to oranges because, you know, some, there, some, some, some CDI departments, they, they're following the old model. There's nothing wrong with it, but they're, they're following the old model of starting with the DRG, optimizing the DRG. I use that in quotation marks, you know, where they're, they're capturing their CCs and MCCs or even just one, and then they're moving on to the next chart. They consider that optimized. There are other departments that are capturing every single uh, pertinent diagnosis they can. They're using an APR DRG model, perhaps. And so they've, you, you can't compare those two when the the metrics are different. There are others that have, you know, they're working across all payers. They they don't want to, and, and rightly, they don't want to be perceived as just looking at Medicare charts. So they're, they're focused on all payers. And, and so their, their review um, window is quite a bit wider than, than someone else who's just focused on Medicare patients. Um, and there are those that, that still have their CDI professionals go out on the floor and round with physicians, they're not parked in front of a computer maximizing the number of charts they're going through. They're actually out interacting with doctors, so they're, they're quote-unquote, less efficient, maybe. They're reviewing fewer charts, but they believe in the impact that CDI can have from it as an educator. So to me, to try to take all these different models and say we need one national standard, I, I don't agree with that. I don't, I, and I we, I, I, I refuse to hamper the industry by saying, hey, everyone needs to review 22 charts per day, period, end of story. Yeah, it's that's also not, the same thing like um, it's also the same thing like query rates, you know, like what should be the national query rate be? I mean, it all depends, you know, when you're looking at uh, if it's a new program versus an established program, new programs will probably have a higher query rate because there's a still education uh, that needs to be done versus uh, somebody who has been a program that's been established. And like you mentioned, it's it's stalling. Like <laughs> it's already reached its peak. And I think yep. you can't have a query rate go higher than that. And I think to me, what I, what I look at queries is the more queries you're placing, it, it's indicative of, of how bad the documentation is. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, that's how I see it. But no, if, you're right. If you, and people reward physicians on queries why are you rewarding something that that they're to me it's like they they didn't catch like you you got rewarded for something you missed and you answered it you corrected you know it's like really (laughs) so like what what i usually want to what i've what i've always seen is like you should be rewarding people that you the physicians you don't query enough you know because their documentation is solid I agree. I, I, I frankly think an advanced CDI program should have declines in query rates because their physicians should be learning how to document better. I mean, it, 
I, I, I've often wondered if, if CDI optimally shouldn't be almost, you know, self cannibalizing. Like, like if, if, if you're running the best program there is, ideally there shouldn't be a need for a CDI professional. If, if they've, if they've, you know, taught physicians optimally how to do everything in the chart. I mean, that, 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 that will never happen. It's, it's, I, I don't think folks need to worry about that, but <laughs> right. they, sh- they shouldn't, they shouldn't be using query rate as a metric and trying to increase, increase the query rate because they should be, physicians should be learning and they should, you should not have to continually query for, you know, the type of specificity of heart failure on the same physician forever because because that implies they're they're not learning and physicians you know that's really um, that's a big part of the role that's often underappreciated and overlooked is the is the physician education piece yeah i think that's that should be the biggest piece versus yep. the doing the chart review now the chart reviews are good i've always valued the chart review only because it, it gives you the data you need to where your program is at you can't you can't have right. a CDI program without data. So, uh, for those wondering, like Brian, what are you saying? You, you get rid of CDI specialists? No, you you need to have them. But I think it's more about evolving the role more away from not so much chart review. But yes, chart review is good for data. But I think more evolving the role, pushing the the barrier from getting the head out of the chart and and into the face of a physician or even a group of physicians and getting them like engaged in their documentation as they're doing it. I think that's true CDI versus, you know, to me, like semi quasi retrospective, (laughs) even though they're not doing it there. Like if you're there at the time while the physician's doing the charting, that to me is super concurrent versus, you know, doing it after the fact that they wrote it like a couple minutes before that's like semi retrospective. Right. You know that that does, Brian, sort of transition to a, a somewhat of a controversial topic, which I think we wanted to talk about today, which was HIM in, in CDI versus nursing in CDI, and sort of this unfortunate uh, competition that's evolved in in, in head-to-head, um, you know, us versus them dichotomy. That's that's unfortunately uh, evolved. And we, we've all seen it. You know, you you, you were talking about, um, you know, the physician education piece and working with physicians. If you know, I I think I, I think there's many reasons why um, CDI is a is a nursing heavy and nursing I wouldn't say dominated, but it's certainly you know all of our membership statistics show about. 75 to 80% RNs in this industry. So it's certainly RN heavy. There's no doubt about it. If I, if I had to say why that is, uh, I think there are many reasons, but I think one of them is that, you know, if you think about it, if you, if you have a nurse that is, has been working with a physician, you know, maybe they've been a, you know, working in the cardiac unit, maybe they've been working as ER nurse, They've got these built-in working relationships with physicians on the floor. Physicians are comfortable talking about patient care. It's it becomes a, a kind of a natural fit to then move this person into the CDI role, and I think hospitals kind of had success with that. I think I haven't been an HIM professional, Brian, so I will defer to you and your your um, expertise and your experience. But what what I have been told is that not all HIM professionals are comfortable it's the, in that it's type the, of role. It's the introvert they, they, concept. <laughs> yes, many of them like doing the the, the chart abstraction and, and the coding, and that's it, a critical role. But not all of them um, are comfortable necessarily with the education piece, with the you know the the concurrent dialogues that sometimes occurs with CDI. Um, and that's that's led to some of the 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 staffing ratios we've seen that are more heavily nursed. That's that's part of it. That's that's not the only reason. Um, there are others, and some of which are, you know, unfortunately, you know, kind of a more stereotype. Folks think that you know nurses have a a, a much higher level of of clinical acumen than than HIM professionals, and you know. Being this is CDI, where the C is clinical, 
you know, clinical is a, is, is a part of, is a necessary component of the job. And I'm, I'm not saying a clinical background is or a clinical licensure, but, but having clinical knowledge is required. You know, if you're dealing with complex disease processes and, and diagnoses that aren't explicitly documented, but there's indications or medications, you know, you, you, you need to learn this stuff. Um, you need to have a working level of familiarity with it to get into CDI. Um, that, that being said, I know of many folks that have an RHIA and a CCS after their name and not an RN and certainly not an MD, but are really comfortable with that level of, uh, with pathophys and A&P and can talk to physicians about this and certainly can recognize a patient that may be septic um, and be able to formulate a credible clinical question or query uh, from that from those facts in the chart. So I, I think to rule out an HIM professional out of hand and not allow them the opportunity to interview for a position is is the wrong approach. Now we, we um I I believe in it. There is a perception and I'm aware of that that Actus is a nursing organization and that we're biased for nurses. Um we we, we try very hard to combat that because it's it's not what I believe in. I have seen we we have HIM professionals on our advisory board. I referred to one earlier, Gloria Ann Bryant, who was amazing uh, at her job and recently re- retired, but was you know had worked in CDI. Um, uh, a guy right now on our board, Paul Evans, who is an RHIA CCS and is brilliant at his job. Um, is in a he's another guy you might want to get on your your uh, your podcast. Oh yeah, I've, right? I've talked to him. Yeah. Um, He's great. You know, he does, he, I have seen him on our Actus Forum, um, frankly, educate some nurses on pathophys. Um, you know, and, and that's, and, uh, and there's nothing, you know, it's sometimes nurses that have worked in one type of unit, or maybe they've been, you know, they're, they're extremely strong in, in anything cardiology, because that's what they've worked in. They, they may not not know much about um, the neuro unit because they never worked in it. So it's a, it's a misconception to say that they're automatically going to know everything clinical there is about a patient. Some of them are real strong in certain areas, and I certainly would not denigrate the experience that a a nurse who's been working, you know, 25 years in the ICU has. They're they're brilliant in that area, but that that doesn't necessarily mean they know all of the different disciplines needed to be a a great CDI. And we we you know, I've seen great nurses clinically not not adapt well to this role and have to you know move out of CDI because they 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 weren't suited for it. They didn't have the ability to put the whole piece together with coding. And I think, you know, the, the, the HIM skill sets brought to the table are, are, um, are needed in CDI. And I've certainly seen many um, brilliant HIM professionals adapt to this role and, and gone on to have amazing careers in CDI as a result. Um, I, think that's, I think that's the key word, yeah, is, the, is, is, ad, is to adapt. You know, when... when, when... I guess, for, at least speaking for HIM professionals, since since I I don't have an RN, right? So I started in 2006, not even having any clinical acumen, nothing. I I don't even know how I passed the assessment. Um, I I remember taking the test and like, what's a quitting cat? I had to go ask somebody, what, what is that? I, I had a question on that, but <laughs> but apparently I passed. I had very minimal coding, but but I think through the years. Uh, of twelve years doing CDI, it's 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 um it's adaptation, and I think for people trying to get into CDI from an HIM perspective now versus then, like now before it was easy to get a an HIM uh, position as a CDI, I mean a CDI positions as an HIM, but now it's very I I don't want to say it's impossible, but it's a competitive, and who are you competing with? You're competing with nurses <laughs> what, what and the, so you got to look at what are your chances in that it's very difficult so you have to 
uh, as HIM professionals, step up your game. It's not like how it was before. It's now more challenging. It's more competitive. So if for those that are HIM professionals now, it's going to draw out the people out of the pack, the, the, the elite out of the pack, who are people that are willing to adapt, willing to change, um, willing to not be introverted, too introverted, per se, because <laughs> I think that's the perception, right? Because everybody yeah. wants the remote role, especially with coding. And if you're going to be a CDI, I think a remote role would not be the best fit or the best goal for you. So if you're headstrong in being remote, I mean, there's nothing wrong with remote, but there's also some downsides to remote in a CDI role. Uh, that's not where you want right. to go, you know? So I think it takes a special, I mean, not all, I, I would like to say not all HIM professionals should be CDIs. Same thing, RN, not all RNs should be CDIs. But for speaking for right. HIM professionals, I think, you know, it takes more then it takes a lot more and and people take it for granted. Oh, I'm, you know, I just got like, I, I just saw in my group. Oh, I just got my RHIT. Can I get my CDIP? I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> you're not ready for that. You know, it's, 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 yeah. it's a very advanced um, profession. Not to say that coding is not advanced, but it takes, it's just a different parallel, uh, a way of thinking, a way of critical thinking, a way of work processing that, that is totally different beyond what, what HIM professionals are used to. Right. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would agree with that, Brian. It's, um, you know, it's, it's not something for everybody. I, I would say that, um, just you talking about remote CDI, that's another topic that I'm interested in. You know, we're, we're, we're seeing a growth in that area and, and I think it's a double-edged sword. I, I think, um, Frankly, there are some hospitals that can't, that couldn't operate without a remote component. You know, there are some isolated hospitals. There are some hospitals, and, and they, they don't have a talent pool in the immediate area to ha- even get a qualified candidate unless that candidate is remote. Um, there are some hospitals, you know, we're talking about Paul Evans out in California. He could tell you in some parts of the San Francisco Bay Area that it's the cost of living is prohibitive for folks to be living there. So they're but 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 they've been able to leverage their CDI reach by having remote CDI professionals um, re- reviewing charts, and you, sometimes these folks can be as far away as you know three hours, and and they're saving their commute, or they can be as far away as six states away in doing the CDI chart review. So that has absolutely benefited hospitals because now they can. Um, you know, get staff where staff, this is a competitive field and staffing is a challenge. Hospitals are losing qualified applicants to other organizations or to consulting roles. So it's allowed them much greater reach, but you just alluded to, um, you know, the, some of the downsides and that, you know, you, you can lose that physician connection. You can quickly become another, another, cog in the wheel of just um, on the production line and expected to just review charts and and send queries. Um, And I actually think that's one of the greater threats for this profession. You asked me earlier about what what I see with the profession. I don't necessarily, I I completely sympathize with you and other CDI, HIM CDI professionals who are having their jobs. it's a much more competitive market against nurses. I actually think I actually think the danger for CDI, um, as with many professions, is is losing jobs to um, you know technology, to AI, and to increasingly sophisticated uh, you know engines like natural language processing, computer assisted coding, um, and having machines that can read machine read charts and auto suggest queries to physicians i think is a is a is a threat that you know um folks need to be more aware of you know that 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 yes if if and so if if you think all you need to do to be a successful cdi is just you know recognize if there's an unspecified chf and sending a query well a machine's going to be able to do that someday in fact they already are um you have to really be willing to educate, be willing to look for new opportunities, be willing to be flexible, uh, you know, use your people skills, do, do the things a machine can't 
And, you know, and if you're just remote, working remote, I think you, you put yourself in, in some jeopardy of, of, uh, of, of painting such a small and narrow window of what a CDI professional does that you, that you become, you know, that, that you can um, run the risk of, of making your job, you know, uh, replaceable by a machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think when I when I when I was working, I, I felt a lot of like it became more technology driven. You know, you're talking about the CAC, you talk, you mentioned natural language processing, but I think even in the electronic query process, <laughs> you become the machine, right? You're not necessarily the you person. Uh, I mean, you're human, but you become part of the technology. Here's your query. Please answer it. Oh, they thank you. <laughs> you know that type of thing. Oh, it's been answered. Let me rec- let me reconcile it for you. You become the machine, and I, I felt that 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 feeling. I'm like, why am I feeling like a robot again? So I think you know when you when you mention technology, I mean, I think technology is good, um, only mm-hmm. to a certain extent to be utilized as a tool, not as a total takeover of your program per se. Uh, I, I call it the Terminator effect. You don't want to you don't want the rise <laughs> of machines and, and taking over your, your program. But I think if uh, it's always true, you know, are who has control? Does the technology have control of you or do you have control of the technology? And if you're able to leverage right. um, certain platforms, certain encoders that are out there utilizing those technologies, I mean that elevates you even more. Um, even yep. to explain, to be able to, again, to me, I think all of this stuff has to be pushed forward toward education. You know, you have to educate people on certain changes in technology that relate to CDI. And if you're not able to do that, if you're not tech savvy, I think that's the newest thing. Uh, I don't think it's new, but it's something that has been ignored. Being tech savvy in a CDI world, um, you have to be that. Because even in creating presentations, how to create PowerPoint slides, et cetera, that relate again to technology, yep. that relate to CDI, is very, impor- is very important. But if you're not somebody who, again, just loves to review charts, put your head into the computer and not put your head to a face of a person or engage in like, you know, like we're doing now in a discussion, maybe over a phone, uh, you're going to be left in dust. I'm, I, I can, I can right. assure that. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not anti-technology. In fact, you know, hey, I, I, I love the opportunity that podcasting software has afforded us. Look at the audience we can reach with it. Yeah, it's amazing. It's nice. you know, look at the websites we, we, we built that allow folks to talk to each other on a forum. You know, those are amazing assistive technologies that have actually made people more social in many ways. Um, but, but I, but, but I do agree with you that. You know that it, 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 the the allure of the technology becomes dangerous. Folks get too dependent on it. They they start they stop um, you know applying critical thinking. They 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 see the appeal of oh I can just do this remotely. I don't need to get myself out there. I don't need to talk to physicians anymore and sell them on why this is so important. And um, you know, they, they do run the risk of making themselves sort of obsolete to the machine. You know, maybe, I, I don't think we're going to see steel T-1000s, you know, walking <laughs> through the CDI landscape. <laughs> going up to the doctor, you have a quarry, please answer. <laughs> or be few. <laughs> right. But, uh, or, 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 some, or someone going back in time to, uh, you know, to... Uh, White wipe all Brian Quee because of uh, you know. So you got to stop talking like that nonsense talk but, a lot. But, of... but on the other hand, you know, it, you, you do need to you know you, you you do need to use. I think your your perspective is right. The technology is a tool. You know, it's not a panacea. It's a it's a tool. And um, you know, it's if people keep that perspective and use it. And hey, these tools are powerful. And I I almost think it's it's I don't want to say it's impossible, but it's. I, I can't imagine being a CDI without some type of assistive technology today. It, it, it minimally just an encoder, you know, with some type of um, ability to have an electronic chart review, um, you know, just just because of the number of number of diagnoses. You know, you look at like, you know, the the, the visit the visitant models. Um, 
uh, for mortality, and you look at the APR grouping system and all of the, the different permutations that can occur, it, to try to do that with a book and a paper record is is uh, asking a bit much of anyone these days. But again, it's it's keeping using these great new platforms and from reminding yourself that there's also a human element to, to the CDI profession. There you go. It sounds that's you know what you know what it sounds like. It sounds like your next your next uh, theme for CDI Week next year. <laughs> This year you did know, uh, you did a, like a, a diversity the theme, and now I think you should do that for next <laughs> week. That's my that's my uh, little consultant uh, ad- advisory uh, advice to you. <laughs> I gave you the the iTunes. Now here's there's your topic like for next year. <laughs> cool. We're gonna run with it. We might have to uh, make sure we reach out to Arnold Schwarzenegger and Co. Make sure we're not violating any copyright there. But there yeah. you go. <laughs> Why not have that as a CDI week topic? All right. So, I mean, we, we gosh, did you realize it was almost two hours? So, uh, you're like the longest podcast episode ever. So, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. I'll probably split it up into two. But, <laughs> but, but a lot of, but regardless, okay. yeah, regardless, there's a lot of information, a lot of great content that uh, aspiring and even. Uh, established, uh, experienced, seasoned uh, CDI professionals can can listen to. So uh, let's kind of wrap this up. I have two questions uh, to ask you. Uh, I know you talked about the future of CDI, so you don't have to talk about that. But my next question is, what does the future hold for Brian Murphy? <laughs> oh man, that's a that's a big question. Um... Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I don't know what next week holds. Uh, <laughs> ride the wave of what's coming next. Um, you know, I, I, I again, I mentioned at the beginning of the show. I, I do love my job. Um, am I going to be director of actors till I retire? Probably not. Uh, that doesn't mean I'm ready to step down tomorrow. But I, I do think. Um, you know, I, I, I do think organizations benefit from change. So. I, I think in in, the, in future years, I'd like to see someone else run Actus to give it their spin, to maybe take it in new new uh, places that I couldn't have imagined. I think it's important for any organization, whether that's Apple or IBM or whomever, to to you know change their leadership. So, um, yeah, I, I I think for now, what I'm doing, I, I'm, I I love my job. We've got a lot of great new. Uh, education coming out. We've got some new growth areas. I mentioned we have an outpatient credential that we're working on that I think is going to be uh, a, a, a boon to the to the profession. If I can be so bold, I think there's a lot with outpatient CDI. People call it the Wild West right now. It's kind of you know there are many targets. There no, there are a lot of ideas, but not a lot of structure. And we're hope, hoping to bring some of that to the community with this new certification program. So that's, that's my immediate future, uh, the next six months, um, beyond that. It's a, it's a great question, Brian. I, I, I would love, I, I, I love, uh, healthcare. I think healthcare is an exciting, interesting place. There is so much going on that I'm interested in, you know, um, even some of the things that people are, have folks worried, I kind of see as an opportunity or, or just an interesting new angle. Like, um, God, you look at, you know, there was a, there was a major case recently where you had a third party data company doing a um, data validation of a hospital, uh, Providence hospital. And, you know, starting a lawsuit from that, like, that's that's concerning to me, but it's also it's interesting because it was done just through data extrapolation, like data transparency. So I I would like to say wh- wh- wherever my future leads me, I I want to stay in healthcare. I think it's an awesome place to be. I think it's changing every day. There there will be new opportunities, uh, maybe new organizations that can be built that address these different areas of growth. Um, I think there is a lot to be done with the evolution of accountable care organizations and some of the new um, physician payment programs that are evolving as a result. You know, MSSP, uh, MIPS, I, 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 I don't think these areas have been um, explored yet. 
adequately and and I, folks are going to need to be educated in them there is going to have to be there I, I i can see new professions evolving from cdi and maybe um moving into these roles we're seeing we're starting to see the growth of data analysts um that are needed you know folks that just aren't doing the chart reviews but are actually looking at the extracted data and figuring out um you know where hospitals vulnerabilities and opportunities lie from a purely uh, d- data perspective i think ahima is on top of this which is great to see you know they're 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 moving in this direction um with some of their new initiatives so there, there there's a lot i i don't know exactly where my future is lies brian to be honest um but i i think it will for the short term be certainly be continuing to lead actus in some exciting new directions and in long term um i love the opportunity i i've been afforded uh, with what i've learned in healthcare, and i think i could apply that to to some of these new emerging areas that are that are occurring every day it's just a matter of staying on top of the wave looking for the next opportunity and and kind of um navigating my way to that i know that was kind of a wishy-washy answer but that's okay yeah. uh you know i'm uh, i'm still figuring it out yeah i'm figuring it out as i go yeah uh very well yeah i mean i i like that answer where I mean, if you don't even know, whatever comes up to you, you take it. <laughs> like you say, you ride the wave. Right. You know? Uh, right. So the last question is, what best words of advice could you give to our audience? You know, I just, I touched on it a little bit with my last comments, but I, I would say to just commit to uh, being a lifelong learner. Um, maybe, you know, that, that, that's that's not uncommon, but... In, in this in this space, I think you can it, it, you can be content to just hey you know I'm just buy the buy the CDI pocket guide every year and, and renew my Actus membership and, and call it a day. But I, I think you have to you have to subscribe to the listservs. You know, like have, have you read the latest OIG report, uh, audit report? Uh, are you subscribing to Fierce Healthcare or Health Leaders Media? You know, are you keeping up with some of these changes and trends that are occurring? Um, are you keeping up with the regulations coming out? Are you looking at how the current administration is sort of making some deregulatory moves and, you know, they've, they're changing, you know, they've, the E&M system, you know, and how you know, the, the, that's become a lot more simplified and they've reduced payment levels and made them in broader buckets. You need to stay on top of the stuff so you can stay relevant. So you can teach physicians about these changes so you can apply them to your job as a CDI professional. You know, don't don't be content to just have someone hand you everything you need on a platter and, and call it a day because you're, you're, you're going to become irrelevant. You're not going to you know, things are changing very quickly. It's it's amazing. That's I, I, I've seen it every day. You know, I've, I've had my my former job was. Um, more or less erased, uh, it, it was greatly diminished, you know, the, the newspaper profession in a matter of six, seven years. It, 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 it's still around. It's completely transformed and um, it, it's greatly diminished as a result. And this, you know, this can change. This, this can happen to any profession. So what, what you have to do is make sure you're Staying educated, you know, staying on top and be looking for the next opportunity, because even though some things change, go away, I believe new opportunities are created as a result. I really do. I, I, I think there with some of these payment reforms and healthcare reforms we're seeing and, and telehealth and population health, we can even get into that one. But that's that's going to create new careers for people and new opportunities for people. It's going to be different. So you have to be, you have to be willing to embrace the new. You have to be looking at what's coming next and be willing to be a pioneer and make changes. So, it, but it all starts with my advice, which is to just keep on top of the stuff. You know, be a self-educator. Be willing to learn. Listen, listen to podcasts like Not Elsewhere Classified. How about that one? 
Well, there you have it. That wraps up our episode with Brian Murphy. Again, I want to thank him for being part of the podcast and giving up a lot of his time, especially on a weekend, uh, to do the podcast episode. You could check out Brian Murphy on LinkedIn. You could also check out Brian Murphy on Twitter. Again, that's twitter.com slash ACDIS director. And for all things ACDIS, including their conference and outpatient symposium, you can go to acdis.org. For extensive show notes, including from part one and part two, again, go to medicalcodinggeek.com slash podcast. Not Elsewhere Classified is presented and produced by Medical Coding Geek. Music was brought to you by 43 and Coyote Hearing. Medical Coding Geek offers tutoring and media services for the medical coding, health information, and CDI community. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MED Coding Geek. That's MED Coding Geek. You can also find us on our website, medicalcodinggeek.com, where you can find and listen to all the podcast episodes plus the show notes from today. Make sure to subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play. We would definitely appreciate it. And again, thank you for being part of this podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kui, and you have just listened to Not Elsewhere Classified. Medicalcodinggeek.com